last week, no, last week, I wasn't here, last week, the previous week, I spoke about if you lost your body part, would you miss it? And what I referred to was each other in the end. We are the body of Christ. And while we were worshipping, that is actually something that came back to mind. It's still a note on the bottom here. But um, it's, an, it's something that came to mind. I actually miss the rest of the guys that are not here. And we definitely miss them in worship as well. Don't, can you feel it? It's like uh, that there's something not here when all of us are not here. And uh, so I want to, it's not that if you, if you had to lost your hand, then I'm sure you'd appreciate the other hand even more so. So, so I appreciate all of you being here with me, otherwise I would be here on my own. <laughs> but uh, it's not that we don't appreciate one another that, that, that did come, but I, I really miss the other guys. And... Um, it's time that the school can start and people can come back to church and back to Oturin, huh? I know some of the guys are still in, like I spoke to some of the guys, they're still on holiday in Plet and Plett uh, and Mandy are still in Kleinbrook and, and places. But yeah, I miss everybody. So welcome here yeah, for those that, that oh yeah, so like I'm really glad you're here. <laughs> and... Um, and we, we just less, aren't we, without each other. So again, this morning, I want to I wanna ask everybody that is here, if there's somebody that's not here, that should be here, reach out to them, connect with them in the week, have coffee. Um, don't ask them, where were you? You were missed. Davi said so from the front. Like, he called you by name, I won't. <laughs> Don't, don't do that. It's the thing, and you're going to hear this a lot, but if we have a supper time and Nathan does not, he's not there, because you know my three boys uh, are called Michael, Benjamin, and where is Nathan? <laughs> he's the first one. <laughs> so, am I embarrassing you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's my turn. <laughs> but, uh, but if he doesn't come for supper, we'll miss him. And we will go look for him and find him. And we will make sure that he joins us for supper. And it's the same thing. When we get together as a body to eat of God's word, to breathe of God's spirit, to worship God together, to build together, and somebody's not there, we should miss them and find out if they're okay. And so that's, that's the analogy. And we do it because we care, not because we want to point fingers. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go further. <laughs> Let's read from God's, uh, God's um, word this morning. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. I'm going to read this first and then I'll tell you. Yeah. So, Peter writing here to the church. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own 
glory and goodness. So his divine power is God's divine power has given us, us being the church. Through these, he has given us his very special and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Wow. Big sentence. We'll, we'll unpack it. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love whole list isn't it for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ but if anyone does not have them he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. A rich welcome into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. What do we have to do to get there? So, I'm sure last year, most of us at the end of the year feel a little bit run down and tired. Did you? Are you ready for the year? Did you rest? You rested. Come here, had holiday. <laughs> at the end of each year, we get to a place where we feel depleted and tired and we need rest. And then we rest. And then the new year hits us and we start running again. And certainly for some people with everything that's going on, I think they felt they just made it last year. Yeah, it's like, whoa, just to the finish line. Like crawl over the finish line. It was the bikers race yesterday in, in DL. I have no idea why you would go do that. I love sport. But... It must have been 50 degrees out there yesterday, and the guys rode on their bicycles, picked, went. Uh, that's why he's not here today, because I don't think he can be here today. And he said to me, I'm gonna, I've got 11 hours to do it. I think I'm going to aim for 10 hours and 30 minutes, but I want to finish it. And I'm going, why? <laughs> but it is amazing. It's dedication, it's sport, it's fun. Um, I think sometimes you like wander on that bike yourself, like why am I doing this? But what, it's a sense of completion and they push through difficult things and they get it done. And I think at the end of the race, some of the guys literally crawl over the finish line. So in life and in the year, we heading into a whole new year is, uh, how will you make this year? How are you planning to make this year? By the end of this year, what are we going to look like? Are we going to still be running by December this year? Or are we going to be crawling? Are you running now? Or are you already crawling? It's a little bit hot. So uh, the response here is like a little bit slow. It's like, are you kidding us? You know how hot it is. <laughs> it's a 
joking about running. <laughs> but will we be running this year? Or are we going to crawl to the finish line? Are we going to make it to the finish line? Who plans to make it? Yeah, I do. I plan to be running full ball at the end of the year. That's what I'm planning. I want to run like we have a New Year's resolution that we're all going to have six packs. And then a friend took a beer out of the fridge when we told him and said, like, I'll start you off. <laughs> like, we don't even drink beer. <laughs> but uh, New Year's resolution. We're going to all have six packs. So, but we're going to have to start now. And then we're going to have to go on and go through. So, I would definitely want to be this year... What, what will, I would like to be effective right anybody want to be ineffective this year nobody uh, does anybody want to be unproductive this year no who wants to be effective and productive great because this is what 2 Peter is challenging us to be so let's get Let's look at 2 Peter, just the whole book. Who is Peter? Okay. Peter was first known as Simon. That's the Peter we're talking about. And he's the guy whose name was changed from Simon to Cephas. Spelt with a K, I think. By Jesus. And then when they wrote the Bible into Latin, they made it Petros. Which means the same thing, rock. So this is the Peter we're talking about. Peter was the head of the church, or or a very uh, big part of the church in Jerusalem um, early on and then he was called into the rest of the church after that and about 10 years into that ministry he wrote 1 Peter So, and this is 2 Peter he, he's writing it from Rome he calls it Babylon so he's no longer in Jerusalem and he's writing not to just the Jews he's writing to the whole church by this time so us uh, not just the Jewish Christians but the, what they would call the Gentiles just a bit of background and why am I giving you the background this is his final letter to the church at the end of this letter he says you know what I don't think I'm going to be around that long so I'm writing this letter to, the, to you, the church, so that I can cement my ministry, so I can tell you what this was all about, so I can make sure that some of the errors that I see I can correct quickly. But this is an important letter to Peter, to the church, to us. So, and he starts it off with a challenge. Later on he corrects some mistakes that is crept into the church then. But in this first part, this is a challenge. So this is, can you, can you do the 12-hour bike race? Can you finish this year? That's the challenge. It is this. It's like, can you do life successful? But with the challenge, he actually gives us some of how we can do it. What we need is power. And what we need, we don't need just any power. Red Bull's not going to get us there. Um... Energate is not going to get you there. What you need here is God's power. So, if we go to the, to the start again, it says, His divine power. 
has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So the good news is you already have what it takes. You already have been called by God and he wants to give you his power. His divine power. He wants to impart to us today. That will drive you through this whole year and beyond. How will we get there? How will we, how does this work? So he's promised us some stuff. So he says, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them you might participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Big thing. So, what Peter is saying is, it's not a free ride. He's saying it's not some, I put my hand up in church one day, and now, somehow, I'm just going to go to heaven. Somehow my life is going to turn out, however it's turned out, and when I die, I'm saved. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, it's going to take a little bit of effort from our part. But there are great promises. He's saying that we can we can participate. So it means we can do stuff. We can be part of. And God has given us promises, but to take hold of those promises in Him, we need to participate. So anybody that did not go yesterday to the bike race, me, I didn't get a prize, but I didn't pitch. I did not participate. I didn't need God's power. I didn't need Red Bull, didn't need anything. I was just at home swimming. Actually not, we were painting a room. But, um, but in terms of the race, I did not participate. So I don't expect a prize. And our lives in God and in church, as part of his people, is the same thing. We have to participate to win the prize. And then... I promise you, you need the power. And then when you get the power, it's glorious. It is worth it. And what do we escape? Well, we escape something. So if I did lie around yesterday and do nothing, what I won't escape is a flabby midriff. Because if you want to escape certain things, you have to do some other things. So some of the guys here are starting CrossFit, won't point fingers, or look in definite directions. Um, <laughs> some of the people here have been doing CrossFit. And, um, and if you participate into, in that, and you use the power that food gives you, then you will escape being tired and out of uh, out of practice you will, you will gain something through it so it's not what we look like that we want to get it, it helps but it's not what we look like because that's vanity right no none of us are vain <laughs> none of us none of us practice to look good no no better than that 
the real spin-off guys of being fit and in and training and having a six-pack by the end of the year is, oh, I've done it. They're going to all look by the end of the year. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> but the real benefit is actually feeling better. The real benefit is having energy. The real benefit is being able to do more and be strong and be healthy. And ultimately, I'll tell you what, I want to live for God with everything I've got. And actually going to CrossFit, if that's what it takes, then go there. Because you will serve God better if you are fit. How's that? That's free. It wasn't in my notes. You'll feel better. You'll thank me at the end of the year. Not while you're practicing, though. Let's get back into this. <laughs> okay, so, and now, for this very reason, make every effort, effort, do something. And now, here's a shocking part, to add to your faith. Now, I've preached on this word before, and some people fell off the bus uh, afterwards and spoke to me and said to me, "My, I missed something in, in the gospel. But I, I didn't put that sen- sentence there. Peter wrote it. He says, add to your faith. I thought you can't add to your faith. Well, you can't do anything to get saved. You can't do any works to be saved. That is through God's grace. Jesus died for your sin. That's the only way you can get saved. Is to accept the free gift in faith. So that's how we saved. But Peter's saying, yeah, there's great benefit in adding to that faith something. Was that clearer than last time? <laughs> so why would we add to our faith? Because there's great benefit to be reaped from adding to faith. What do we add? So, let's go last week. Last week the scripture was, who was here last week? Shanae was here. Ah, okay. I'll tell you what the scripture was last week. I wasn't here. It was Exodus 34, verse 6. And it says, this is, this is Moses saying, God, I want to see you. I want to see who you are. I want to meet you face to face. And God meets with Moses. And he says, God, so God passes in front of Moses. And he tells Moses who he is. And he says, uh, he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate, the gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. It goes on. And it says, Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and the children of the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. But the part that I want to show you is who God is, is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, Maintaining love to thousands. 
That's who God is. And last week, we said, it's good to imitate God. And that's what God's like. Now, this week I'm saying, if we can go back to to Peter, what is it that we add to our faith? It's the same thing. It's godly character. So it's as we mature and grow, as we make an effort to become more like God, here are some of the things that can be added to your faith. They are goodness. To goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. Perseverance, the whole godliness. Mutual affection, that's liking one another. Yeah? And brotherly love, which is a deeper form of love than mutual affection. So, goodness. Goodness is, it's, it's nice, huh? We all like good people. We're being good in general. Add it to your faith. And then knowledge. So here comes some effort. We need to delve into God's word on a daily basis. Why? Because it's a, it's a wellspring of life and knowledge. You can find God in the word for yourself. You don't need me. I can be obsolete. Really, you can find God every morning for your day in the Word. You can take the Word every morning and read it and find something in there that the Holy Spirit can show you that will power you through that whole day. Do it. Read it every morning. Knowledge. Self-control. Self-control is when I don't really feel like doing it, but I do it anyway. Or when I really feel like doing something on an impulse and I don't do it because it's not the right thing. Self-control. Don't eat too many chilies, youth. Self-control. <laughs> they had a challenge on Friday. I said it was actually, they misunderstood, it was an IQ test. Well done, girls. <laughs> Perseverance. Perseverance is pushing through that thing, even when it becomes hard. When I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like opening the word, but I do it because I want to persevere. But I'll only do it if there's a real prize. Very difficult to persevere if you don't understand that there's an actual something at the end of the, of the, of the journey. I can tell you I've been there. There is something there. Persevere. It's worth it. Godliness. Abounding in love. Compassionate. Gracious. Slow to anger. Can we be those things this year? Slow to anger. With our children. With each other. Believing the best. So... On a serious note, for me, I'm new to Otsur and Stoll. I'm, I'm not new, generationally new. My 
grandfather was a Dutch reform minister in Derest. And my mom and my uncles grew up in Oetzeren. So I've just returned. I'm not new here. I predate you yeah. But <laughs> I haven't been here long now. But one of the concerning things for me in this town that I hear over and over again is, so-and-so said to me that that person did this, or this person said this, or this person is like that. Now, it's not just a thing in Otsuren, it's what people are like all over the world. The whole planet's like this. But we live in a, in a smaller environment where the boundary lines are drawn for us. So in Cape Town, when that type of thing starts happening, there's six million people that live next door to you. So if somebody tells me about somebody's auntie that drives too fast or didn't stop at the robots, I'm going, I'll probably never ever meet her. Ever. Ever. Because six million people. Guess what? Yeah, I'll probably run into and pick and pay tomorrow. So it's more relevant. So there are two things. We can expect the whole of Otsuren to stop talking about each other. Or we could stop listening. I'm not listening. Really, people, like, stop listening. Stop listening to who's got what opinion about whom. And let's, let's serve God. Let's find God. Let's, let's encourage. Let's believe the best, definitely of one another. And if you then hear something about me from somebody, come to me and tell me. Listen, is this true? Did you, I don't know, say you want a six-pack by the end of the year? Yes, you vain person. <laughs> Did you say that everybody that wants to join Josh Jen must go CrossFit? <laughs> no, misquoted. <laughs> I don't have shares in CrossFit or beans about coffee, okay? <laughs> I'm not being paid promotionally for that. But let's be godly this year. Put on godliness. And that's just something that God dropped in my spirit now. Is that good? Huh? I think we all know about it. Come on. It's the elephant in the room. That people talk about other people. And I want to really call it out this year and say let's stop it. And we can stop it with us. And then, you know what? Who cares? But if somebody, I, I really, I would appreciate it if somebody says something about me, that check it out with me. I will do the same for you. Yeah, if I was wrong, then I can, I can move. Maybe it's something I don't know about. It's, it's like if you have a friend and he's walking down the street and there's a piece of toilet paper hanging out the back of his pants and dragging behind him. If you're a friend, you would stop him and tell him about it. Right? If you're not a friend, you'll point and laugh. 
So a friend is somebody that goes up to the person and says, hey, listen, there's something on your face. Those are friends. That's family. That's caring enough to help one another or to commend one another when we do well. It's like I've got a friend in Cape Town that's taught me an incredible skill. And what it is, is he runs a big company. And he said for years he struggled to encourage his workers. But all the management skills that he had learned was to make workers come to work and to incentivize them financially to work. He he pays them and they do the job. but, But he wants them to want to be there. He wants them to want to contribute. So how do you get people there? And he's got this thing. He says, I try and catch people doing something well. So those are his employees. It's like, I try and catch somebody that's doing something well. Because most managers walk around and try and catch somebody doing something bad. You didn't come to work on time. Or you, you went on lunch too early. Or you didn't fill out that report right. Or you didn't sign that thing off correctly. That's how we used to being managed. How about swapping it over and saying, wow. I saw you greet that customer friendly. Well done. And do that, let's do that for one another. That's a godly attribute. It's believing the best and brotherly love and mutual affection. Those are those things for us this year. What will we get? So, to Peter, he says, he says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, so, Nobody's expecting us to get this right immediately now. It's like when you go to gym for the first time, you can't pick up that weight. It's like, and then there's this little thin other oak that comes and he goes, and you go, what? And then you feel even worse. Because <laughs> really, I should be able, I, surely I'm bigger than that guy. <laughs> so when you start off, you can't do it. But that's why you start. And then you train, and you get better at it. So these qualities, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and brotherly love will only come. But if you possess these in increasing measure, whether that you grow in it through perseverance, they will keep you from being ineffective. And none of us want to be ineffective and unproductive. So here are some keys this year to be effective and productive in God's kingdom. It spills over into your entire life. That is why the Jewish nation are good at business. Because they don't cheat. It's a godly thing. They apply a biblical principle to business. And then they're successful. Why? Because if you shake your hand, it's going to be done. So, are these promises to us to be effective and productive in our workplace? No and yes. No, this is not business principles. 
These are good life principles. But if you apply them, guess what? It'll spill over into your entire life. And you will be not... But the greatest thing is this. Um... The biggest deposit you can make into an investment is an investment that lasts forever. You know that. An investment, the whole idea of an investment is that you put something small in and then it grows over a long period of time. Now, one of my favorite authors, Douglas Adams, wrote a book called The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Yeah? Anybody read that? Thank you, wine person. <laughs> the restaurant at the end of the universe. Very expensive restaurant. Unbelievably expensive. So how would you afford to eat at the restaurant at the end of the universe? Well, good thing is this. Everywhere in the universe, there are little boxes, and you can deposit some coins, anything, into that box towards your bill at the restaurant at the end of the universe. It then travels with you to the restaurant at the end of the universe. Because it's that far to get there, it's at the end of the universe, by the time you get there, your deposit would have grown enough to pay any meal. Interest. Great concept, isn't it? He wasn't saved, but he should have been. Because <laughs> that's depositing something into the kingdom of God. You cannot buy your way into the kingdom of God. But you can deposit stuff into your life after you've died. And you can inherit more. And even a little bit that you put into the kingdom of God will grow to the end of the universe, to the end of time, into something immeasurably big. So where would you really want to invest your life into? The more you put in, the more you're going to get out. So, it will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then what? It says, it says if you do not possess this thing, oh, it says something about falling. Where is that? In verse 10. It says, therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling an election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. What a promise. Add these things to your faith. You have to have faith first. Add these things to your faith and you will never fall. Come on. You will run by the end of this year. You will not be crawling because you would not have fallen once. You can persevere. You can run. You can be like, you can be like God. You can be godly. Huh? Like God. You can love each other. You will never fall. Wow. And you will receive a rich Welcome into the kingdom of Greek Jesus Christ. Because you've deposited it all the way along the road. Does that make sense? 
Is there anybody that does not want to have a rich inheritance? Anybody? No. This is the challenge for this year. This is Peter's challenge to us as a church this year. He's going, add these things. Memorize them. Make them knowledge. Read them again and again. 2 Peter 1. Read them again and again and again. Make a list on your wall. What are the things that I need to be like? Godliness is Exodus 34. What do I need to be like? And when you, when you do fail in some of them, when you're not that strong yet, when you can't do all of those heavy lifting, you keep on persevering. Because that's the other one you do. And, and you will never fall and you'd still be running by the end of the year. And God's power, God's divine power will enable you to do this. That's where he started. So can I do it? No. But God can. And that's why Peter started with that verse. And he said, His divine power is available to you and I this morning. So, to close, where do I go? Where do we go? Who feels that they have enough power of God? To run this race I don't I want to have it I, I definitely aim at still running at the end of the year Are you can, can you with, us, with, with me do that this morning can you aim at absolutely running flat out for God by the end of the year yes flat out whatever that looks like participating in Whatever we're doing here, little side note before I close it. I'm going too long. Um, But definitely what I would want us to do this year as a congregation is be involved in something bigger than ourselves. You know that Josh Jen has 40 congregations, 40-something congregations across South Africa which we can visit and be part of. We are part of that. Much bigger than just us. Do you know that we're part of a 412 movement across the nations? I have personal friends that live abroad that have moved to Europe to go spread the gospel to people that don't know God. There are some guys from the Netherlands coming to visit us next weekend, this weekend, coming, this week. Some TMT students, well, they, they're going to join TMT, which is the, the school for young guys, like year of your life type of thing, in Wellington, to learn more about God and start their lives off in a godly way. And they've, they, they've come from the Netherlands to join that program because... People from Josh Jen went to the Netherlands and people got saved and started churches and those kids got saved. We are part of that. 
And I want us as a congregation to be part of way more than just Oturin. We have to do this well. We have to have brotherly love. Yeah, first. We have to have something to go and give. And we'll need the power of God to get there. But it's, that is exciting. Does that excite you? Have you got passports? Because if you don't, you won't go. Get your passport sorted out. Don't tell me you don't have money. Because some people have gone to Brazil. Uh, some people have lived in Brazil for months. Uh, Julie Delisle, when Josh Jen started, she was a hairdresser, a single mom and a hairdresser. And Julie's been in more nations than I have been. Any of us together, probably. <laughs> but she's lived in Brazil. She took a little boy, Aiden, when he was still in school and, and went and lived in Sao Paulo for a number of months to tell people in Brazil about Jesus. So, if a hairdresser can do that, surely we can do it. Trust God for something bigger than yourself this year. And for us that have kids in the school and, and we can't necessarily up and move there, or we can go. The borders will open again this year. I'm trusting God for that, that we'll be able to move to nations. Namibia is another nation. I've been there a couple of times. I have friends that live in Namibia by now. Because I've gone there multiple times. So, I wish you had to fly to get there. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to drive for a long time. <laughs> but it's beautiful. So, 412, there's a congregation in Kimberley. They're dying to get to you guys. They wanted to come last year. When I moved here, they went, can we come? Can we come meet the people? I said, oh, not yet. Wait, wait for it. But Luan and Omri, they've been here. Luan and Omri, they came to visit us. And their mom's been in, in the congregation, been, been visiting us. So, bigger than ourselves, we can impact the world out there by being who God wants us to be here. So it's not living for that. It's living for this. It's living for what God has added us to here. Good. I want to pray for us. That God will give us his divine power. Or maybe more correctly if I read this verse again, that we will realize what it is that God has given us in his divine power. Because Peter says this to the church, he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Actually, past tense, God has already through his divine power given you everything you need to do this you can be running by the end of the year full blast into the next year and the next <laughs>